Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your host, for another great episode of Political Theater. It is I, Charles Nash, here with you on the Dark Night Mike. Now, I have lots of news for everyone today. I said I would be back at the end of the week. I am here. It is October the 23rd of 2022. It is a beautiful Sunday here in Marion, Ohio. Currently, the temperature is 54 degrees. We're supposed to have a high of 71 today, which is a little bit abnormal for this time of year especially since we're coming out of a cold spell here. But I will take it nonetheless. Um, usually when it's in the 50s, 60s, 70 range, I'm, I'm comfortable. So I'm kind of hoping the rest of next week, maybe going into the first week of November, we won't have such bad weather. Now, I'm going to apologize to everyone listening again. I am, folks, I am, I'm telling you, you do not want to get shingles. I am telling you right now. I got shingles here about two weeks ago. It's right on the top of my head and on my back, side of my left side of my face a little bit. And the rash and everything is gone. But the aftermath of the pain and the soreness, oh my word, one of the worst, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. If, if you're if someone listening and you've ever had shingles, it is the most painful experience you're ever going to have. And it's something that just doesn't go away within a week or two. This can take several weeks to a couple months, they said, for me to get rid of this. And I have spoken with many doctors, and it's just one of those things that's going to take time. But I'm going to apologize to everybody because I'm telling you, they say I got it on the worst spot you could ever have it, and that is your head and your face. And it just fires all of your your nervous system, all the nerves just fire at once and they're inflamed. And I'm telling you, I, I'm having a terrible time just getting some sleep and being able to lay on a pillow still. Uh, so I apologize if I'm off a little bit today. This has just really taken a toll on me. But I have plenty of news here today. And I, I said I would be back and I'm not going to, uh, you know, fumble off of that. And this is going to go, be, being ill, I, I've got the very first article here I want to fire right into. This has to do with the University of Boston. And it hit, hit, hit news here on the 18th here this week. And when I read this article, it, it was on a couple major networks. The one that dove into it the most was Fox News. And I'm going to tell you, it's disturbing. So we all know about the, the COVID virus and the debate on how it, it came to be. We've heard this is something that just magically came in from bats. We've heard about how there was experiments over in the Wuhan lab in China. There's controversy over escaping from a lab. No one has really... There's been people that has dug deep into this story, but there has not really been any much progress made on truthful facts about what actually has transpired with this illness and how it, it got out. Now, 
everyone knows I'm not a believer in the whole vaccine business. And I'm not. I think it was just a big scam for all these people, especially Dr. Anthony the Fauci, to make money. Same thing with all these big pharmaceutical companies. And they did. And then you had the U.S. government come in and say, well, we're going to go ahead since this was a U.S.-backed effort to make this vaccine. We're going to make it to where if it kills people or they become ill or crippled, you can't sue the companies because it's federally protected, which I think is a bunch of horse shit. Well, this article here, it, it comes on the heels of Boston University researchers, and they have claimed that they have developed a new, more lethal Get this, more lethal COVID strain in a lab. So here we are again. We accuse China of messing around in the Wuhan lab and creating the COVID virus. But yet here we are. We've got kids, pretty much, young adults in the University of Boston playing around with genetic makeup of a virus. And they create a deadlier, lethal strand. Now, I, I want to know where game of functions is prohibited, apparently. Apparently, it's not here in the U.S. Apparently, if you're a university, you can just go in and screw around with whatever you want. Now, I, I thought, from my understanding... That game of function research wasn't supposed to be going on, especially in a university. I want to read this article here. Like I said, it says Boston University researchers claim they have developed new, more lethal COVID strain in a lab. It says researchers at the Boston University said that they have developed a new COVID strain that has 80% more killing rate following a series of small ex or, or similar experiments first thought to have started with the global pandemic that began in China. So basically, we're following the botched-up protocols of what happened over in Wuhan, China. This is the variant, a combination of the Omicron variant and the original virus in Wuhan, killed 80% of the mice infected with it. The university said, when the mice were exposed to the Omicron, they experienced mild symptoms. The researchers conducted, conducted this whole thing by a team of scientists from Florida and Boston at the school's National Emergency Infectious Disease Laboratories. There you have it. It says, they expected the spike of protein from the Omicron variant and attached it to the strain of the very first variant that was detected at the beginning of the pandemic from Wuhan, China. They then documented that the mice reacted to the hybrid strain, and it killed 80%, had an 80% mortality rate. This was wrote up in the research papers here from Boston University. Now again, I get what they just said here in this, this whole article, because you're going to have people saying, well, again, it was from the Emergency Infectious Disease Laboratories. They know what they're doing, Mr. Nash. Okay, do they? I mean, we had people in our own government, in the same agencies, 
assisting over in Wuhan lab to a degree. We know this. We know this from the Freedom of Information Act from documents attained. What was going on under the Obama administration? So, so do we? Do we know that protocols are being followed? I thought, again, I thought game-of-function research was totally out the door. I thought the United States had made it clear they were not even in the game-of-function research, which you know damn well they are. But again, why in the hell, this is the question that I pose to all of my listeners, why in the hell... Would you ever take this, this supposed deadly virus, as deadly as this was made out in the pandemic, screw around with it and make it deadlier? Who the hell does that? Well, GM, let's, uh, let's go ahead and yeah, let's make a deadlier virus, you know. What, what could possibly bad come of that? I mean, I, I kind of feel like, folks that we have really screwed up, messed up protocols here in the U.S. We bitch and moan about all the other countries in the world doing the same deviant research, complain how they've, they've botched things, but yet here we are. We're doing the same thing. You've got young adults. I don't care if this is their field or not messing around with making deadly viruses. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know people are going to scream. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Here we are again, though. This article comes out the 18th here of October. We are two weeks out, two weeks and two days out from November the 8th midterm elections. Two weeks out, and these articles are popping up like this from everywhere. I'm just waiting because you're already starting to see it in the news about how, well, I know Joe Biden came out and said that, you know, the pandemic and, and we've, we've destroyed and beat COVID. Well, now we're back to their spikes, mask mandates in certain states. Now it's we're creating a deadlier virus. What the hell are people thinking? And again, it's to incite panic. It's to incite panic within the people here, the voters going to the polls. Now I'm not going to blame the Democratic Party for this. I'm not going to re- blame the Republican Party, but I'm I'm which what I'm getting at. I find this odd that all of these articles, especially this one here, two weeks out, two and a half weeks out from midterm elections, and we have all of these scare articles coming out. That one here the other day on the Hill with the bird flu was titled The Next Pandemic. Are you going to have a bird for Thanksgiving? Well, you should have read it. The article was just doom and gloom. And it's getting no better. Look at the articles here yesterday about the 
national average of illegal immigrants immigrants coming across the border hit a new record high under the Joe Biden administration. Crime rates are soaring everywhere. The U.S. has become murder capital of the world. But I just, I, I get, getting back to this article, I don't want to get off topic here. I just had to share that with everybody that apparently game of research and universities is just apparently the new hot trend now and creating deadlier viruses after what just happened with the whole global shutdown of the pandemic and all the problems with COVID, let's create a deadlier virus. How screwed up is that? I, I If you haven't read it again, I pulled it off of Fox. It was on a lot of, lot of networks, believe it or not. I was actually surprised. But again, the title of it is Boston University Researchers Claim They Have Developed New, More Lethal COVID Strain in Labs. So if you want to check that out, you can. It's got a picture of Dr. Anthony Fauci right on the front of it. That was on, on Fox News. Now, getting into some other topics here, we have the biggest issue of all that's going on. Oh, excuse me. I, I Before I switch gears here, I do have one more COVID topic. Excuse me. I forgot all about this in my pile of things to talk about today. Now, this one I pulled off of Newsmax. It was also on Fox and Yahoo News title of it. It came out the 20th of here was about three days ago. Everybody knows that the CDC, in my opinion, is jumpy, misleading, and not on point when it comes to anything COVID or infectious disease uh, protocol. They're completely off off their rocker. I, I have no faith in these people. I don't care if they have new individuals running it or not. They, they are completely lost at the CDC. I don't trust them. I never have. Well, I have told everybody that these damn vaccines, the shot, as I call it, complete lie. If you haven't seen the information of Freedom Act of the thousands upon thousands of documents, I think there was like 75,000 documents that was released for the Pfizer vaccine. You're going to find out that a lot of these, these shots, these vaccines, well, for starters, they were never actually, and it's come out and it's come out here recently again, they were never thoroughly tested on how well they managed to keep individuals from actually getting COVID. It was never really truly researched. Just like the individuals who came up with the COVID vaccines, there's not a lot of documentation on the side effects. You have experts that have come out and said, look, we were on the cutting floor with this, with this vaccine. There are things about it that the American public and the world don't know about. And unfortunately, 
nobody wants to discuss that. It's mom. It's you're 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 spreading misinformation. I never knew that misinformation required me to say, "Look, I'm just asking a question. What's in the shot? How much research has gone into it about side effects, prolonged effects in people?" And they don't want to talk about it. It's you're spreading misinformation. Or how about deaths that have contributed from getting the vaccination? I know there's a lot of talk about heart issues. And it's legit. Especially in young, the younger generations, teenagers. Now we're looking at giving the shot to kids. And now, now with this article here, it says CDC advert, adver, excuse me, CDC Adversity Committee votes to add COVID-19 vaccine to immunization schedules for children and adults. So now they want to do it with doing your immunization records. And I'm going to get to this article because I got a lot of people that's already going to start firing in here screaming. You, you got to read the whole article. You don't mislead people. Okay. So I'm going to read the article here because here's where they, they what they say in the article. It's going to depend on the state on if they if the state wants to implement the immunization of your children with what they already have to get with the COVID shot. So it's going to be up to the states. But I want to read this article. It says the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Adversity Committee on Immunization Practices on Thursday voted unanimously to approve the CDC's new recommended immunization schedules for adults and children for the 2023 year, which adds vaccination for COVID-19. It says the recommended schedule calls for children to begin getting doses of the COVID-19 vaccine when they are at least six months old. These are your children. Tiny children we're talking about. I want everyone to pay attention to what I said earlier about there's not a lot of research when it comes to young adults because that is not where the vaccine was intended intended to target. It was to target people that had issues, health issues, were over a certain age or elderly, over the age of 50, and people who had autoimmune issues. That's who it originally targeted. It was never meant for young adults and children, and there are reasons behind that. The New York Times just had an article about this a week ago about this very same topic I'm talking about. Lack of research and development when it comes to the vaccine in the field of small children and young adults. Adverse effects. Because it's not been thoroughly researched. It says, after a brief commitment period, the committee of doctors voted with 15 members in favor and none against. This is a CDC spokesman told Fox News Digital on Wednesday that regardless of how the ACIP votes, 
Their decision does not alter official policy. It says here, it's important to note that there are no changes in COVID-19 vaccine policy, and this action would simply help streamline clinical guidance for healthcare providers by including all currently licensed, authorized, and routinely recommended vaccines in one document, the spokesman said. This means that the immunization schedule itself does not impose any requirements on anyone. It can, however, influence how states decide which vaccines to require for children to attend school. There is the kicker. That's what I was wanting to get at. See what they just said there? Well, we're not going to impose that you have to get a COVID shot for your child at six months. But we're going to put pressure, pressure and steamlining the requirements for states when it comes to your children to attend school and what their immunizations have to be. There's the kicker. You have to read down into the article to see the kicker here. Now, I know most people are saying, well, well they're not going to force. Yes, they are. That's the kicker right there. But we're not changing policies. We're not changing policy, but we're streamlining what, what the vaccine requirements for all vaccines, not just COVID, for school attendance. And what the requirements are for states, you know damn well there's going to be blue states out there that's going to jump on this immediately. They're going to say, here we go. You have to have this shot for your children or they can't attend public school. What do you want to bet? What do you want to bet that that is what they're going to require? I'm not even going to say just blue state that's, that's ran by the Democrats. You're going to see other states that might be Republican-controlled. I can tell you what's going to happen to you right now, the state that I live in, in Ohio. I'm telling everybody, Mike DeWine, he wins re-election here in November, I'm telling you. He is not a Republican. I don't even know what the hell he is. A wolf in sheep's clothing. I mean, that guy, little Garth, I'm telling you, he's, he's a deviant. Now, if he would lose and we get Nan Whaley in here, you damn well know that she's going to implement that. You damn well know this. Ohioans, I want you to listen. If you've got kids, you're screwed here on this. Because they will. They will implement this policy to have the COVID shot for your children as part of the 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 immunization schedule for your child to attend school or daycare. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to happen. And there's other states besides Ohio that this will, this will fall under. I'm telling you, especially with Mike DeWine, Mr. Close Everything, screw small business, but yet they're going to vote for him for re-election, which made no damn sense. It's going to happen. And this is where parents, you, I'm a parent myself. I, I'm not, I, I'm telling everyone right now, I will be honest with you on air here. I have three daughters, 10, 7, and 5. They sure as hell aren't getting the COVID shot. 
not happening. I will not force that down them. And it isn't. It's not happening. I don't even like them really getting the flu shot, but their mother insists that they have to have that. I can't take the flu shot because I'm allergic to it. It causes me severe issues respiratory-wise. I, I, I'm perfectly fine, folks, with not getting the flu. I hardly ever have that issue with the flu. I drink lots of orange juice. I get lots of sun. I try to stay active and take care of myself. This year, this year alone, I think I've only really been sick, really, to be honest with everybody, where I've been actually really, really sick twice. And that was about two months ago when I had my, my bacterial lung infection and, and my, my bronchioles. And now with this with shingles, which they're telling me was probably came on because my immune system dropped because of that, that infection that I had in my lungs. That's really been it. You know, even when I had COVID, that was last year. Even when I had COVID folks, I, and everyone heard me when I had COVID, it wasn't even bad. It didn't even feel like the flu. And I didn't even really know what everyone was talking about with it. It, it didn't do anything to me. I was, I was done with COVID within like three days because I took care of myself. Again, plenty of fluids, vitamin D, got some sun, and I was fine. Tried to stay active. But getting back to what I was saying, <clears throat> they will. They will enforce this policy on everybody. And I'm telling everyone, if you live here in Ohio, Mike DeWine or Nan Whaley, and I know I've got people saying, now wait, you've had people running on third party. I know that. I've had people on my show, and, and there's others out there who are running as write-in candidates. I'm not saying that they can't win. I would love to see a third party win it, win the, the governorship here in Ohio. I would love it. There's people out there who have great ideas and policies. And know what the main issues are. But again, voters very rarely go third party. And I'm going to tell everybody right now, I have talked to a lot of people. I have been polling a lot of people here in Ohio. It's not just here in Ohio. I hear this all over. And we are two weeks out from midterm elections. You know what I hear? Well, I've only got two choices. Do I vote for this guy or do I vote for this person here? One is the lesser of two evils. I really don't like either one of them. Yes, you do have a choice. There are lots of write-in candidates, damn it, are third-party individuals on the ballot that are running. If their policies are good and you like them, then vote for them. Who, who gives a damn if they have an R or a D beside them? This is why I hate parties so much. It does no good and like I said, I keep hearing this from a lot of people in Ohio. Well, I'm not going to vote a Democrat in, but yet we're stuck with Mike DeWine, and I really don't like him either. <laughs> then you have other options. You have other options. The folks, I am 29 minutes here into the first part of the show. I, I, <laughs> I have to stop at the ranting and raving here. 
I have to take my first commercial timeout. I have plenty of more news when we come back. Speaking of midterms and the economy and the main issues that are going in here in two weeks for you, the voters at the polls. So stay tuned. I will be right back. My friends, how many people here love to fly? Maybe you've been on a vacation where it requires you to get in a big commercial airliner, or, or maybe you live somewhere local where you have an owner operator and a small piloted plane who, who does personal rides. Well, if you're someone who loves to fly, or maybe you've never flown before, maybe you have some, some kids or family members you'd like to take up in the air, or maybe you just like to do some sightseeing, maybe see a sunset, take a night fly somewhere here around the Ohio area, uh, maybe locally, maybe a couple miles out. Maybe you're someone who likes to do further rides for longer periods of time. Or again, maybe you're a photographer, like to do some of those nice aerial pictures. Well, I have a great company for you. It's Sparks Fly. It is here in Mount Gilead, Ohio. It is a veteran owned and operated uh, business here and it's it's owned by pilot and owner Keith Sparks and I'm going to tell you I had my kids go up here about a week ago and they had a phenomenal time going up in that plane of his. Now he's got many different types of airplane rides available from a mini tour, your basic tour, good values, better values, all the way up to even night flies. Uh, they go anywhere up from about 20 minutes all the way up to an hour and 30 minute ride. Prices vary on depending on the weather conditions, the time of the year, and where you want to go. But again, great, great company, a great aerial view. And I'm telling you, you will love this if you've never experienced this before. It, it, he is, he's got a great company, hands down. So they even do flight instructions for individuals too. Maybe you want to get your pilot's license. They do that as well. There are several different ways to contact Sparks Fly, and that is one, you can go to their webpage with it, which is www.sparksflyllc.com. You can also call owner Keith Sparks, phone number 419 six zero six one three zero or even drop him a line at keith at sparksflyllc.com hello there ladies and gentlemen it's me again charles nash your host from political theater when you wake up in the morning you're tired. You're trying to fumble around the bedroom, find your way down the stairs into your kitchen. And what's the one thing you want to do? You want to get woke up. Well, that's where I have a problem. In the morning, I try to find the best coffee that I possibly can. The regular things off the store shelves just don't work for me. But I found a coffee and a company that does. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is made and owned by veterans here in the United States. They serve a premium coffee 
The coffee is imported from highly qualified coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. They're roasted for five days at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. They have some of the best coffee that you can imagine. One cup and even a half a cup gets me woke up in the morning and I've got enough energy to carry me through the rest of the day. So I'm here to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee. You can go online to blackriflecoffee.com, order from their webpage. They will ship it to your house directly. They've got several different kinds of roasts. And again, some of the best coffee you'll ever have. That's Black Rifle Coffee. And if you don't want to believe me, or take my word for it, go to their website. You can get a free trial yourself and taste the magic in their coffee. Again, that's Black Rifle Coffee. Try it. When you're in need of drain and plumbing services, there's only one place, ladies and gentlemen, for local service that you can actually rely on. That is Dolan Drain and Plumbing Service. Located in Cardington, serving the Morrow County area, Dolan Drain and Plumbing offer quality service and customer satisfaction. With drain cleaning, camera inspections, and a full plumbing service, they offer a 24-7 emergency service for you and your family when the unexpected rears its ugly head. Billing is easy and affordable, and they offer a 10% off for services with cash payments. So if you are in need of a drain or a plumbing service issue, call Doolin and Plumbing Service, area code 419-560-6807, and put your drain and plumbing services in their hands. You'll be thankful you did, folks. Need an outside cleaning? Better call ProSelect! House siding, brick, or exterior dirtied or mildewed? Better call ProSelect! Deck looking dingy or yellowed? Better call ProSelect! How about gutter stains or window smudges? You better call ProSelect! ProSelect Exterior Cleaning and Services. For more information or to schedule a free estimate, call 740-504-8311 or visit their website at ProSelectLLC or Facebook. Email them at ProSelect.es at gmail.com for more information. How many people love sweets? Well, if you're anything like me, folks, you always have that sweet but there's a solution when it comes to your sugar delight needs. Introducing Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery. With over 40 plus years in bakery experience, Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is your one-stop shop for all your bakery sweets that you're ever gonna need, folks. From delicious sugar cookies decorated to match any special party or party theme occasion, pies, and amazing cupcakes from 
garment flavors to traditional and fabulous wedding cakes for that one-in-a-lifetime moment. Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is hands down the professional and dependable business that you need to order from. For more information, contact Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery at 419-709-0918 or check out their Facebook page for more details and special offers. Dad, I want a cookie. Looks like I'm gonna be making a late night order to Lisa Sprinkles Cookies and Cakeries, folks. I've got MC Hammer here. I tell you folks, the 90s, just as good as the 80s. Some good classic music music here. And how could you not enjoy the lyrics of MC Hammer? Now, I know he was kind of a one-hit wonder, but still. Good song. Old one from the 90s. And I'm telling you, as I, as I look at, back at some of the, the music here, it just, it's crazy how <laughs> some of this music now is 20 or 30 years old. I mean, look at Thriller. My kids were listening to that. They watched the video for the first time here about a week and a half ago, and they were amazed just with it in itself and how old that it was. And Michael Jackson's been gone for a while now. So getting back to what I was talking about, we were talking about COVID. I'm going to move off news about COVID. I just wanted to bring those articles and topics up to everyone if you had not heard about it, because they're important. But what I was getting at earlier is, too, we need to also look at what is two weeks out? November is coming. That's right. November is coming. We are a week out from going into November and two weeks out from the November 8th elections. And with that, with that comes a lot of headlines and news. The first one I want to talk about here is from Newsmax. It's a new New York's Time poll. It says GOP has edge in race. I already knew this. I'm telling everybody, I don't think this is going to be a, a closely contested um election as some analysts are screaming. I really do believe this is going to be a blowout one side or the other. And I I think if there is no what is the word that I, I want to use here that's appropriate because if, if I don't, I'm going to hear people scream how <laughs> I'm on the bandwagon with how the general elections and, and the presidential elections were rigged. So I don't want to get that backlash. How should I say? If there's no backdoor cheating when it comes to mail-in ballots or ballots that are not complete, 
and not checked, I guess there's really no way to come out with it. As long as the elections are fair, and I mean fair, I, I really do think you're going to see this go out one way or the other. I really do. Now, I, I still think, I'm going to say this, this is my prediction, I think you will see the Republicans take the Senate, and I think you'll see them take the House as well. There are a lot of people out there that are pissed off about what is happening to their, their pocketbooks. And I'm telling everyone I've been saying this, the two main issues is going to be the economy, but the inflation issue, and crime. I have been saying this and saying this. That's going to be the two big driving factors. Forget the abortion issue, like the Democrats are still trying to cling to and cause problems with. Forget this transgender garbage. When it comes to the definition of what what an actual male or female is, or they have to have multiple sexes, or all this garbage, or, or the, the proxy war over in Ukraine, it doesn't matter. The main issues is people's pocketbooks and the economy and crime, because those are the two main driving factors. And that's what I'm going to get at here with this poll by none other, the, the New York Times itself. I was actually surprised by this. It says the economy and inflation account for Republicans grabbing an edge among voters with the midterms approaching, according to a new survey. It says the GOP holds a 49% to 45% average among voters who were asked which party they want representing them in Congress. The Times Saga College poll found. It says in September, the Times-Sagna poll, Democrats clung to a one-point edge lead. I don't believe that. I have not found many individuals, and even when I have been out traveling outside of Ohio, even up towards Michigan, that are sitting there saying they're voting Democrat. Now, maybe they could have been lying to me, but I've even talked to Democrats who said, look, we, we're, we're getting pinched here. We can't afford this. We're going to have to vote opposite of what we would normally do. That's saying something. And folks, I have been hearing whispers as I go to the stores. People are downright terrified right now of the prices of inflation the way the economy is going and how it's affecting them financially. What have I always said? Uh, what have I said since the dawning of my show? doesn't matter if you've got a D or an R beside your name. People will start eating each other and throwing their parties over a bridge when it comes to their pocketbooks, their financial well-being being screwed with. And that is what you are seeing nationwide. This is why the Democratic Party is in an uproar two weeks out. This is why they're trying to change certain tactics that they have. And I've got a whole bunch of articles here to show you this. 
reading on here, it said uh, a big reason for the turnaround is independent voters now favor Republican by 10 percentage point compared to the Democrats' three-point average last month in September. It says independent women especially have migrated towards the GOP. I wonder why. Could it be, could it be that we have women here in the U.S. that maybe have gotten word about how, oh, I don't know, a certain party, a certain power party, Democrats, can't even define what a woman is? Or how about the attack on women's sports or women's rights or women in general? Could it be the fact that we have a Supreme Court justice that was just nominated and installed? Miss Jackson, who a woman herself of color can't even give the definition of what a woman is. But yet they all sit there and say they are the champion party for women and women's rights. Could that be a reason why you have women flocking to the GOP and, and independent women at that? I wonder. It says with an eight or excuse me, 18 point Democrat cushion last month, becoming a 14 point Republican lead. Ooh. Or could it also be too that we just have bad polling? That maybe now they're going out and saying, mm, you know what, we should probably start pulling people outside of the Democratic Party. And they're finding out, unfortunately, individuals like myself who are independent, conservative, or maybe mildly conservative, have just had enough of the bullshit and the bullshit policies that the Democratic Party has thrown out. Could that be the reason why you see not just women, but independents themselves flocking to vote for GOP side of Republicans? It could be. It says that swing indicates that the economy remains a fair or far more important political issue than abortion, which most Democrat candidates have emphasized on. Among women overall, the poll shows that Republicans have erased was either 11-point edge last month and moved into a statistical tie or even more going forward. This is the swifting move toward the Republican Party because they feel like they're granted towards business more and have more policy actual policy behind them than democrats hmm well there you go now there is more to this article here again if you would like to read it this one was here on newsmax it says new york times poll gop has edge and race there's lots more breakdown with that. You can go into it yourself. A good read. Now getting to more, more issues going on about how the Democrats are in trouble 
especially two weeks out here with going into the midterms. And what did I say? They are trying to erase the issues in which they, they, they started, they caused. Here's one right here. I have to bring this one up. Now, I got this one off Reuters and Newsmax. Title of it, it says, Embattled Biden turning to Trump-era rule to expel Venezuelan migrants. Now, getting to the migration issue, remember I just said it hit an all-time record high ever. This was reported just yesterday that Joe Biden and his administration has just, they have done nothing with the southern border. It is chaotic hell down there. Well, now he's trying to implement Trump-era rules that he erased from day one, from day one. Now he's trying to reinstall them to get some kind of border security and immigration policy in place because they are getting hammered over the crime issue, the sex trafficking. The numbers are skyrocketing. The murder rate coming across the border. And not just that. Now the United States faces an all-time new deadly threat. Well, it's not new, but it's just, it's now become to the point where it's, it's becoming a major tipping problem. And that's fentanyl coming into the country, being laced with whatever their people are lacing it with, and it's killing hundreds of thousands of people. The drive-by media doesn't want to report this because, again, this is lack of policy, lack of direction, lack of security on who? Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. This is why none of them want to go down to the southern border. It's a disaster zone politically for them. So now they're trying to go through and implement Trump-era rules here. And I got this article I want to read. It says, two years ago, candidate Joe Biden loudly denounced President Donald Trump for immigration policies that excuse me, inflicted cruel and exclusion at every end on migrants. It says, including towards those fleeing the, excuse me, brutal government of socialist Venezuela. Which I find funny is because we, you know, the Democratic Party, they like to implement socialistic policies. That's what the left is about. That's what they are. They're communists. Just come out and say it. So I don't understand how they're, they feel bad for communist Venezuela and its people. You're doing the same policies. That's what I'm laughing about with these all these immigrants coming to the U.S. They're going to get the same policies thrown on them if the Democratic Party stays where it's at in power. It's not going to get any better. It may seem that way, but in the long run, it's not. It says, now the increasing numbers of Venezuelans arriving to the U.S.-Mexico border as of November 8th, election nears. Biden has turned to an unlikely source for a solution. 
his predecessor's playbook. That would be Donald Trump. Bad orange man. Oh, the same individual that just yesterday, October the 22nd, the January 6th one-sided Democratic-held committee, they decided to subpoena former President Donald Trump to come testify. I'm laughing about this. If I was Donald Trump, and I'm not trying to get off topic here, if I was Donald Trump, go in. I, go in. Plead the fifth and say, before you walk out the door, because I wouldn't stay for it. I would just, you know, I <laughs> I would. I, I, I'd say, look, I'm not going to answer these questions. I'm making my constitutional plea here. Uh, I'm not going to answer anything. I would look at them all and say, have a great day. And I would walk out the door. That's how I would do it. Because no matter what he says, even if he says anything in defense to himself or any evidence that he brings, they're not going to hear it. They don't want to hear it. This is a way to try to sway voters politically. This is why they did this two weeks out from the presidential, excuse me, not the presidential election, the general elections. Two weeks out, and that's why they did it. It is to try to sway voters away from the GOP or anyone that's that's backed by Trump. That's all it's about. Now, getting back to this num this 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 article here. So now you have Joe Biden going back to his predecessor, which is Donald Trump's his playbook when it comes to border security and regulations at the southern border for immigration. It says Biden last week invoked a Trump-era rule known as Title 42, which Biden's own Justice Department is fighting in court right now. How funny is that? To deny Venezuelans fleeing their crisis-torn country the chance to request asylum at the border. How hilarious and asinine is that? The very thing that you're fighting with attorneys with to try to have stopped in court, you now are implementing. This is your president, ladies and gentlemen. This is the same man who asked, who was asked here yesterday, yesterday, October the 22nd, was asked a political question about his wife, stood awkwardly at a podium for two and a half minutes and could not say anything. Blank expression, a frightening stare. I am not making this up. It hit headlines everywhere. People were worried that he was having a stroke or some kind of a, 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 a breakdown at the podium mentally or health-wise. It was serious. It was disturbing. It was like Joe Biden was in a trance. Very disturbing. Or about the, how about the anger fits all week when asked about some of his visiting to certain states where candidates are, are, are being torn apart by the Demo the, with the Democratic Party, by their Republican challengers. He goes in there to try to to, to give them support and back up some of these candidates. And they asked him, you know, are you doing this because of the November polls? This is a political stunt. He got mad. He got so fighting mad 
that he started yelling and screaming at reporters for just asking normal questions. Dementia Joe is not well. And when he was asked, this, this was the other one. When he was asked and his wife was present, this was the other long pause. When they asked him if he was going to run in 2024, he again had a moment of silence where he just stared awkwardly with a blank expression. People again thought something health-wise was going on as he was standing there. It's like he could not say anything. Very awkward. You can look at the videos. People have them up. Uh, look, I'm not, ma I, I, I know people are going to say you shouldn't make, I'm not making fun of Joe. Um, again, this is where I go back to when he first got elected. And I said, then we should not be electing individuals who are not fit for the position of office, who have these health issues. And he has a health issue. He has cognitive decline. And the people that love him and are around him, that's the sad part in this. You have this position that he is in and he shouldn't be in. And they know this. And it, that's, the, that's the sad part in this. This is why I feel bad for him. I really do. I feel bad for Joe Biden. Because the people that should be behind you, that support you, especially your wife, who should help you know what's best and these issues, they know that he's in mental decline. They know he's not in good health, but yet here we are. And they push him because, again, puppet, puppet on a string. They want the attention. And I know I'm going to hear back last. His wife wants the attention. She loves the spotlight. And it has nothing to do with him and the presidency. And that's the sad part. I honestly don't think they even care about his health. I really don't. Getting back to this article, though, he's he's wanting to, Biden is wanting to invoke the Trump-era known title as Title 42. And again, they're fighting the same thing in court. It says the rule first invoked by Donald Trump in 2020 uses emergency public <clears throat> health authority to allow the United States to keep immigrants from seeking asylum at the border based on the need to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. It says, under the, the new uh, uh, Biden administration policy, Venezuelans who walk or swim across American southern border will be expelled, and any Venezuelans who illegally enter Mexico or Panama will be ineligible to, come to, to, to become a United, into the United States. It says, but as many as 24,000 Venezuelans will be accepted at U.S. airports similar to how Ukrainians have been admitted since Russia's invasion in February. So there you have it. It says the Biden policy makes an abrupt turn for the White House, which just two weeks away was lambasting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Texas Governor Abbott, both Republicans, putting Venezuelan migrants fleeing political persecution on buses and planes to Democratic stronghold states. Double standard? Absolutely.
this is the man and this is the party you voted for. Bitching and moaning. But when the, the chips are down, they turn back to actual law and policy that's effective. Even if it has to be Donald Trump's. Astounding. Astounding. Then you have this one here. I'm saving my best ones for last here, folks. I've got a couple really good ones. The next one here, this one was from Fox Business. It says, Biden administration keeps delaying oil and gas permitting due to math errors. I, I got a chuckle out of this one. Math errors. Your gas prices are soaring at the pumps because of Biden's math errors. So here's the article. It says, the Biden administration has failed to remedy a mathematical glitch in its oil and gas permitting review process, causing a system backlog and decrease in offshore energy production. This is the National <clears throat> excuse me, Marine Fisheries Service, the NMFS, the agency responsible for determining wildlife impacts offshore energy projects, acknowledged that the mistake was back in April of this year, but has since, since opted uh, against quickly remedying the situation, according to the, the uh, industrial group National Ocean Industries Association, or the NOIA. It says, for months, it says the agency's faulty modeling has overstimulated wildlife talks, the impacts of drilling on sea mammals and animals when reviewing permit requests proposed by oil and gas projects on existing leases in the Gulf of Mexico. It says these permitting delays have real impact on the industry's ability for safety and efficiency to explore, drill, and produce energy offshore and offshore in these sectors. It says it's a significant concern when it comes to not just the energy production, but when it comes to ensuring that the investment stays in the U.S. and that we can maintain jobs, higher paying jobs, that go a long way in this activity. It says here that um, gas prices, which are largely determined by the <clears throat> offshore drilling, especially out there in Gaveston, Texas, it says surpassed $4 a gallon last week, 22% higher than a year ago at 61% higher than when President Biden took office, according to the Energy Information Administration. Now it says here that Biden's rulings or lack thereof and some of these errors in which they're, they're trying to get these permits that's got math errors on them, according to the, the NOAA, which is the National Aquatic and Atmosphere Administration, it says has impacted oil and gas permitting in the, uh, permitting in the Gulf of Mexico. This has been going on since January of 2021. So there you have it. You also have the issue, according to the same agency, that there's no new permitting going on because the Biden administration, again, has shut that down. 
there are no new contracts. So you have all of these companies. You have all of these drilling administrations and policies through all these companies out there stating that the reason you have high gas prices, the lack of administration direction from Joe Biden, his department, lack of leasing and uh, drilling overseas and, and permits, there's no continuation of permitting. There is no safety, new safety protocols being taken care of out there, which causes delays. And there is issues with how much drilling is allowed. These are the math errors under Joe Biden and his administration because they have effectively done nothing when it comes to the offshore energy sectors. And there you have it. So when I hear people say to me, well, Mr. Nash, you can't blame Joe Biden for, for, for oil and gas prices. You absolutely, certainly, 100% can. He is 100% responsible. And Fox Business was not the only one who ran this. It was on many other networks. Hell, you could see it on Google as well. It names that the main issue is Joe Biden. I don't know how many times you can spell that out to someone before they mentally, cognitively understand that. And it's all in red line why prices are soaring at the pump. So there you have it, folks. This is why you're spending more at the gas pump, and it's going to get worse. I've got more to come back to talk to about this when we come back from our last break. I'll be right back. When it comes to Mother Nature, anything is possible. And with the unknown possibility comes severe weather. With these severe weather, what usually happens? You get down trees. Once the tree is removed, you've got these stumps just sitting everywhere. They're ungodly and they're just sitting in your yard, folks. Rather in the backyard, the front yard, up against your house, and they're just a sight for sore eyes. You have to mow around them. You have to stare at them through your windows. Your neighbors don't like seeing it. It makes your property values go down. And over time, stumps start to decay, become sinkholes, or even become bug infested. And who wants to have to call an exterminator for an extra cost? But folks, there is an answer to this problem. It's called Neidhart's Stump Removal and land clearing operations. A family owned and operated business, Nyhart's Stump Removal offers not only stump removal, but forestry, logging, tree cutting services, demolition, as well as excavation. And they're fully insured if something would happen while they're on the job. For more information, you can contact them at 740-751 5654 or visit their website at www.nineheartsstumpremoval.com or send your questions to info at nineheartstumpremoval.com. Fox. 
Friends, when it comes to big, costly concrete projects, rather for the residential, commercial, or just for decorative needs, you want a company that's reliable and professionally dependable. That's why for all of my concrete project needs, I contact the people at Pennington Concrete. Pennington Concrete is locally owned and an operated business. They specialize in residential, commercial, and decorative concretes. And they are a five-star rated business. So if you have any concrete projects and need help getting your concrete masterpiece off the ground, put the trowel tools down and call the professionals at Pennington Concrete. You'll save loads of time, money, and headaches. For more information, you can contact Pennington Concrete at 740-396-7620 or check out their Facebook page under Pennington Concrete and tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Time. A word we take for granted. As the years pass by, so does one's age. Families and loved ones share memories and moments. Many times, as loved ones pass on, they bequeath antiques from their past that end up carrying on into the future through their loved ones. As antique items are handed down through generation to generation. Friends, if you're someone like me, Antiques are a way to pass along one story onto the next generation. And maybe that's why my friends at the On the Square Antiques specialize in just that. Antiques. Located in downtown Mount Gilead, Ohio, On the Square Antiques feature fine antiques, collectibles, furniture, Grand Millennial, Granny Chick, artwork, and very nice jewelry. Store hours are Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. They arrange payments very easily, and you can pick up at your own convenience or shipping options are available. For more information, check out their Facebook page on On The Square Antiques, or you can message them at onthesquareantiques at yahoo.com or even by phone, area code 614-330-6322. And as they always say, happy antiquing. My friends, how many people here have a driveway or maybe have a driveway that needs repaired. Well, I have a great company here. It is KB, the Gravel Guy LLC. Now they are located in mid-Ohio, in the Ohio area. They are basically a gravel company. They will come in, completely redo your driveway. Maybe you have some holes that need to be filled in. Well. KB, the gravel guy, can take care of that for you. Now, I have their information here. You can rather go to their Facebook page under KB, the gravel guy, or you can give them a telephone call, area code 
564-7231, or you can even message them through their Facebook page and app. Again, that's KB, the gravel guy, for all of your gravel needs. Stress, headaches, and long hours at work. That pain in your lower back that just won't go away. Day after day, week after long week. You for once wish you could be pampered. Get some feeling of relaxation you've long deserved. Well, I'm happy to announce you can. And it's easy, affordable, and just a click or phone call away. When life has taken away my relaxation, I check into the Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness. Located at 6174 Commerce Drive, Suit E in Mount Gilead, Ohio, Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness offer a wide variety of services, including relaxation massage, therapeutic deep tissue massage, cupping, hot stones, prenatal massage, facials, facial waxing and cupping, eyebrow tinting and eyelash lifting, CBD muscle mender, and even aromatherapy. They are a five-star rated business. Operating hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, check out their Facebook page or tailoredmassagetherapyandwellness.com. You can also contact them by email at tailoredmassagewellness at gmail.com or by phone, area code 5678 and we are back coming in here to the last part of the show here i've got another oldie here tlc want no scrub so there you go. There's another another old song from the 90s. I don't even know if that if they're even together anymore. I don't believe they are. But uh, there you go. There's TLC. I <laughs> I always laugh when I watch the movie the the other guys where they talk about all the TLC references. I I always laugh about that all the time. Well, getting back to where I was where I was at, we were talking about the issues with oil prices and the economy. And I have been telling everyone, look, we are two weeks out. I have been saying this for months. I've been saying this for over a year. The two issues that were going to dominate this, the economy, and right behind it's going to be crime. And that also ties in with the, the issue with immigration because that's where a lot of the crime and drug trafficking is coming from. I'm telling you, those two issues are the main issues. 
Now, I'm going to get into my last couple of articles here. <clears throat> this one I have been talking about, oh, for about three weeks now. I've really got into it here the last two shows. And that is why you have these high prices at the grocery stores. And I'm telling everybody it's going to get worse going into November here next month and even worse going into December for the holiday season. It is. It's going to be monstrously bad. Now, I cannot help myself when I keep seeing these articles pop up, excuse me, about why, again, why we keep seeing high prices at the grocery store. I've got one here again. They had one last week I talked about. They have it again at this week from the hill i i cannot help myself when i see these articles these are the most lame ass articles written up that i have ever read about why we have high gas or excuse me high grocery prices here it is it says here's why the price of groceries keeps rising this is from the hill this is from their finance department it says americans continue to pay more at the grocery store as struggling food inflation shows no signs of slowing down. It says grocery prices rose 13% over last year's and a 0.7% in September alone, outpacing the annual 8.2% inflation rate for all consumer products, according to the most recent Labor Department data report. Now, Moving down here, it says the price of fruits and vegetables have increased by 10.4% annually, while milk has rose 15.2% and eggs soared to 30.5%. It says prices keep rising well into next year as well, is what experts are going to say. And it's unclear when the fundamental issue, like Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Extreme droughts and supply chain snails will let up. Now, in this article, would you like to know what the Hill here in this article is now blaming? I, I named off like five major things that they said was contributing to the issue. Four of which were a bunch of bullshit. This is where they go back to on this, defending Joe Biden. And I just, I could not resist talking about this they're saying that the end price the, the the increase in prices in your foods is because of the wheat issue going on in ukraine it says right here good example i want to read this because i don't want people saying you're making this up no i'm reading you word from word from the article here it says russia's invasion hit the global food system with a double whammy by reducing food exports from Ukraine, a top supplier of wheat and cooking oils, and prompting Russia to slow its fertilizer exports. There you go. This is why they're saying the prices at the store are so high. They're saying it has nothing to do with inflation. It's because of the non-exports going out from Ukraine cooking oils and wheat, and that we have a shortage of wheat production here. And this is why prices are skyrocketing. Now, again, you can find this article on the Hill. It's right here. It says, title, 
Here's why the price of groceries keeps rising. Now, I want to read everyone here something. If you get on the internet, you go to Google, you look up wheat production in the United States. This is why I laughed and I have to talk about this article. I want to read this to everybody. Wheat is produced in, the, in almost every state in the United States. And it is principal grain growth in this country. So every state produces grain here in the United States. Okay, I want to make that clear to my listeners. The type of quantity vary between regions here in the U.S. Now, this is the most important thing I want all my listeners to hear. The U.S. is ranked fourth, fourth globally in production of the volume of wheat with almost 50 million tons that was produced just in 2020 alone. The United States is behind only China for grain growth, India, and Russia. U.S. is ranked first, first in crop export volume. Almost 50% of its total wheat production is exported. I want to read this again. Almost 50% of the U.S. wheat volume, total wheat production, is exported, not imported, exported. Folks, we have so much wheat, we send it out to places around the world. We have enough food here to feed every person in the U.S., we should never see anyone going hungry. Now, why am I reading this to you? Why am I reading this to you? Well, because according to the Hill and the drive-by media, it's just not them. Well, your, your grocery prices, folks, according to our experts, they're going up because of the war in Ukraine and the non-exporting of wheat coming in here to the United States. It has caused a global chain issue, and it has caused a global issue when it comes to wheat and cooking oils. Bullshit. Bull. This is why I go back to when I say, this is self-inflicted pricing going on in the U.S. This false bullshit narrative by Joe Biden, by the Democrats, I, I, you know, I'm not even going to blame them. I'm going to put in everyone in Congress, this bullshit across the board, because it's Republicans too, about this whole issue. Well, inflation and the prices at the stores are driven up because of the proxy war going on in Russia. Bullshit. If you look right now in different states, look at my state for Ohio. 
we have had one of the best years so far with crops. Matter of fact, I am seeing farmers going out right now as we speak. I've seen it for the last three weeks already planting winter wheat. Which gets me to my next topic because people are saying, even experts, well, it also depends on what type of wheat. Bullshit. We grow all different types of wheats in every state in the United States. Here it is right here. I'm going to read it to you. This is from the United States Department of Agriculture. Let me say this again. This is from the United States Department of Agriculture. They define eight official classes of wheat grown yearly here in the United States to add up to that 50 million tons produced. It's now even more. That was back in 2020. It's gone up just in 2022. Not down, up. Here it is. Durham wheat, hard red spring wheat, hard red winter wheat, soft red winter wheat, hard white wheat, soft white wheat, unclassed wheat, and mixed wheat. It says winter wheats account for 70 to 80% of the total production in the U.S., with the largest, um, largest amounts produced in Kansas. Eight, or excuse me, 10.8 million tons. You've got North Dakota at 9.8 million tons. It says the U.S.'s hard red spring wheat crop is exported to over 70, 70 countries each year to extent of 55%. There you have it, folks. It says it's, an ex, it's estimated that the U.S. is valued with its wheat production over $9 billion. So there you go. You can look that up anywhere. Best part for this is where I got it, which is the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So if you hear any more of this horse shit, like from the Hill with this article, here's why your grocery prices keep going up. It's the lack of wheat. Bullshit. It's a damn barefaced lie. It's kind of like that lie by Joe Biden and his administration about, well, the reason we have issues with getting supplies throughout the U.S., lack of truck drivers. Really? It's not lack of truck drivers. It's policies within the states that are redlining truck drivers. See how I just fixed that for them? That's the problem. Again, self-inflicted. You want to stop this BS? Go to the damn polls here on November 8th or two weeks out and vote these assholes out. Look at who is running and what their policies are. Do not vote for this stupid handout garbage. Nothing is free. You want to get law and order back to what it should be? Vote the individuals out that are causing a ruckus and craziness, unlawness in the streets. This is why the Democratic Party is running from the defund the police movement that they started. 
Now they want to blame everybody else for it but themselves. And they implemented it. Look at New York. New York is so crime-ridden. I am so tired of seeing articles and videos every day of people being assaulted in broad daylight. On popular streets. On crowded subways. They can't even get it under control. And now they're saying for the first time, in some of these areas, you may see Republicans win in these crime-ridden areas. I wonder why. So this, this crap that I keep hearing with everybody, well, these elections are going to be really tight in some of these races. No, it's not. No, it's not. If there's no, if there's no uh, cheating going on, and if everybody just goes in and votes accordingly, it's going to be a one-sided slide, a landslide. I'm telling everybody this. Now, getting back to... I've, I've got three more articles here I want to fit in before the end of the show. Did everybody see what happened with, uh, with Pete Buttigieg? He was blasted for... Um, he was blasted for lying about Joe Biden and the uh, rescuing of the economy here the other night. This was on the 17th. Uh, they, they had him on MSNBC. Uh, his, uh, <laughs> they had former Trump, Trump economic advisor, uh, Stephen Moore. They had him on Fox Business. He lashed out at, the, uh, at, at Pete Buttigieg, who was our current transportation secretary. And about the lie that he made on Monday here this week uh, about how basically Biden rescued the economy. And you had Pete Buttigieg, his comment was that Biden inherited a bad economy from Donald Trump. And that's, that's not true at all. So I want, I want to read here what, uh, <laughs> what Stephen Moore said about Pete Buttigieg. He said, you said that I was insulted by the way things are going. I'm more pissed off, especially when I hear Pete Buttigieg lie about the condition of the economy. He goes, let's face it. He says, if you look back at the last six months of Donald Trump's administration, as we were coming out of COVID, the economy was booming. We had businesses reopening. We had people going back to work. COVID was behind us. We had the vaccine coming out. It says the thing that most is frustrating was the comment he made about the economy. Uh, the economy. He said we shouldn't be talking about a recession right now. We should be growing in a, boom, in a booming time, which was what they were doing, he said, under the last six months coming out of COVID. Now, you had Pete Buttigieg, like I said. He came out and said that they inherited a bad economy. No, you didn't inherit a bad economy, Mr. Buttigieg. You, you took what was, you took growth in the economy and you people flushed it down the toilet. Look what you've done with shutting down the energy sector's department 
Look what you've done to the transportation department, which you're under. Oh, everybody needs to drive a, a, a green new vehicle. We're gonna get we're we're gonna ban gas in states by the year 2030. Everything's gonna be electric, really. By the way, don't charge your cars if you get an electrical, and we can't we can't support the grid for it. Uh huh. Like I've said, folks, you know those three phases: crawl, walk, run. They don't have any of those phases down for any of this Green New Deal garbage. I just wanted to read that article. It's kind of two two individuals lambasting each other. But again, we're we're two weeks out from November's coming. That's right, the November elections. My last two articles here you have, again, you've got Joe Biden and his administration. They're screaming Jim Crow 2.0 when it comes to conservatives blasting the Democratic Party for fear-mongering after the Georgia smashes their voting records here the other day for early voting. Have you anybody heard about that? Yeah. Remember how they put new laws into effect there in Georgia about having ID coming in, showing proof of who you are for voting purposes. Remember what we hear from Joe Biden? Oh, it's slavery. It's it, it's post-Jim Crow era. You name it. Well, guess what? Early voting in Georgia right now, they smash their records. Even with all these new Republican conservative laws put in. Smashed records for early voting. So here you go. I'm going to read this. It says, Democrats were so pointed in their attacks on the legislation that Biden referred to on March 2021 as Jim Crow in the 21st century. And he said, it must end. We have a moral and constitution obligation to act. That's what Joe Biden said. Now, in addition to these political taxes, the Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against the state's new laws. Though 15 months after filing the suit, the DOJ and the White House have no update on the status of the legal action. It says, despite Democrats claiming that voting laws were suppressed to vote, Chief Operating Officer in the Office of Georgia Secretary of State Gabriel Sterling announced on Twitter on Monday that the 2022 early voting broke records. I'm going to read his tweet here. It says, our election team has reviewed the internal voting numbers from day one, and we know we have north of 125,000. This dwarfs the previous record of 72,000 from the 2018 midterm, first day of early voting. We expect to have numbers in this morning. So there you have it. That is from Georgia's Secretary of State, Gabriel Sterling. So there you have it. So according to Joe Biden and his administration, Georgia had was, was going to be a cheat state. These, these new requirements to show proof of, of voting, which all Jim Crow and people weren't going to come out and vote. You were going to suppress the black vote. Well, there you go. They've smashed records. 
already smashed records for early voting. Hmm. This is what I'm talking about, folks. You're going to see everybody is, I'm telling you, the economy and crime. You are going to see record numbers. People are tired of the bullshit back and forth political fallout going on in this country. It is killing the middle class. It is killing everyone here in the United States. It is killing their checkbooks, their pocketbooks, how people themselves are being killed because of the crime. They're tired of this. I'm telling you, those are the two driving forces for the turnout that's going to happen here in the next two weeks. Here's another one here I had to share. This one came out on the 19th. Atlanta voters reveal which issues could decide their vote. Abortion, access, or the economy. Before I even read this, what do you want to bet? I know what my listeners are thinking. It's going to be the economy. That's going to be the main focus. You're correct. I'm telling everyone again. Let me re-implement this. It doesn't matter who you are or what party you vote for, even if you vote for a party or not. When it affects people's checkbooks, their pockets, their financial stability, they will push party aside and vote for financial stability. They will. They will buck parties. So I'm going to read this. It says, Atlanta voters have mixed opinions on whether abortion access or the economy carry a bigger influence on how they'll cast their ballots in the November midterm elections. Here's what one person says. They said, honestly, economy, one woman said, my money is everything. Money makes the world go around. It sure does. You had other people. We had this lady here named Jasmine. She said, while the economy is important, the bigger issue for me would be women being able to support themselves and having a choice. She says, especially being a woman myself, abortion is very impunitive, she added. But she said, the economy and my financial stability matters more. Hmm. It says, with less than, this said three weeks, we're now two weeks out remaining, before the midterm elections, it says Democrats are campaigning hard on abortion rights and hopes to keep their majority in Congress while the GOP candidates focus on issues of the economy and rising crime. Nearly 90% of registered voters were extremely or very concerned about inflation. You damn right they are. More than other issues, According to the Fox Pool and National Pool released on Sunday, abortion policy ranked sixth, sixth at 71%. There you have it. You can read that article yourself. It's on many major outlets. Again, Atlanta voters reveal which issue could decide their vote, abortion, access, or the economy. It's always going to be your pocketbook. It's always going to be 
security. It's it's fundamental, folks. I don't know why all of these specialists or experts are going around doing these polls when the fact of the matter is no one is ever going to buck their financial stability. No one. I don't know of anyone who's going to say, yeah, I would, I, would, I would prefer to be homeless. I would love to be paying more for everything. I would love not to be able to support myself or my family. No one is going to say that. Same thing. Everybody wants to have security. Everyone wants to have working laws that work for them, their family, their friends. That's fair and unbiased. And everyone wants to have it to where you are safe, fundamentally safe. Those will always be the two beneficial driving factors. All this other stuff, nope, not going to happen. Well, that is tonight's show. I would like to thank all of my listeners for tuning in. I would also like to thank all of my um, Think Local businesses. I would like to thank all of my sponsors. By the way, I have a new ad today. You'll get to hear it. It's for um, Sparks Fly. Now, Keith Sparks, he is the owner and pilot of Sparks Fly. He is out of Mount Gilead, Ohio. Area code is 43338. My kids went up in a plane with him. He does does different types of... um, Airplane rides for families, for people who would just like to get up and and see the world, see maybe where they live or surrounding counties or areas here in Ohio. He'll take you up. He'll fly you anywhere. Now, costs are are different depending on if you want to go up during the day, where you want to go, or if you want to go up for a night fly. Folks, I'm telling you, my kids absolutely loved it. My, My youngest, who was five, she said it was so smooth that she fell asleep halfway up in the air because she, it was so comfortable for her. She, she couldn't even tell she was up in the sky. But they loved that plane ride. And I, I'm, I'm pushing his business out here. You'll, you'll hear it here uh, in the new ad. But again, if you would like to take a plane ride up, maybe you've never went up in a plane before. It's amazing in those little aircraft. He's a great pilot. So, uh, again, you'll hear a new ad for him uh, if you listen to the show. Well, I would like to, again, thank everybody for tuning in and listening. I will be back most likely Wednesday, middle of next week, uh, just because there's a lot of news, especially as we get closer into uh, Election Day. So I want everyone to stay safe. Thanks for tuning in if you're a new listener please come back. I'd love to have more people tuning in, get to hear and see new faces. If you would like to contact me, you can contact me at politicaltheater114 at gmail.com or my telephone number 740-802-7936. So again, that's been another great episode of Political Theater, and I will see everybody next Wednesday.